0: Come on, Brother Hernandez. Right. It's good to have you today, and uh, pray that God to use you good. Okay. Thank you. Bless Appreciate it. Oh. All right. Let me go ahead and turn this thing on. All right. Can everybody hear me? All right. We'll switch that over there so we don't get any feedback. Um, like Pastor said earlier, um, we do have our prayer cards out on the back. Um, if you would like to, I don't know who, how many of you use Instagram, Facebook, anything like that, probably more Facebook, but, uh, I actually just finished up my website yesterday, so, that was, that was pretty exciting, Brother Kelly gave me some tips on some stuff, we were with him on Friday, down in West, ba- uh, West Jackson Baptist Church, so, um, he was giving me some tips on some stuff, and I looked it up, and I'm like, wow, this makes everything so much easier to make a website. So I was able to finish that out yesterday. We are super excited about that. But um, <clears throat> uh, I just want to be an encouragement you, uh, to you today. Um, I, I, I pray that uh, with the message um, this morning will just allow us to just stop and to analyze where we are at as Christians right now. Um, as, as a missionary, I know my, my subject should always be about missions when we're at different churches and things like that, and I believe the, the whole thing about missions is that we all have to understand that we're on a mission. Um, that's where you get missions from. And if you look at anywhere in the Bible, God has been on a mission since Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation 22. So yeah. I want us to understand that um, are we on the mission is the question. Are we actually working in the mission of God? Are we a part of it or are we just kind of going and floating through and be tossed here and here and there? Um, I, I want to be an encouragement to, to you this morning. Um, I would like for us to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. um, Very, very common passage of Scripture. Um, It is the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to look at the beginning verses of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, So Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at something um, here in verse 13. I'm pretty sure that uh, most of you have heard these verses, um, whether it be... um, it, it, you know, here with in this church or online, but it's a very, very, very common verse. Actually, a couple of uh, four verses, very, very common four verses. Um, but I believe that Jesus Christ was wanting the people around him to understand that we're a part of um, not just the multitude, but also his disciples to understand what their job was. That's where he comes down. And he's defining um, this in in verse thirteen through sixteen. So with that being said, we're going to read this and then we'll get into um, the message this morning. I do not want to take up too much of your time. I know everybody's hungry. I'm hungry. Um, so we'll get out of here sooner or later. Um, but uh, Lord, we'll get out of here at the same time you guys normally do. Uh, we're going to start off in verse 13 and it says, Ye are, ye are, it doesn't say sometimes ye are. It doesn't say when it's convenient, ye are. The Bible says, "Ye are the salt of the earth." But if the salt have have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be tr- salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. In verse 14, it says the same thing. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Now I want us to focus on verse 16. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I want to preach on the subject this morning, ye are the salt and light. Let's pray. The only Father, we come to you right now, and I am excited to be here with Central Baptist, Father God. Uh, It's definitely been um, a, a... um, a long time coming since I've talked to uh, Pastor Thrower and God. We're just excited to be here. We're excited to see them still be faithful, God. And I just ask that you just please bless them, Father God. I ask that uh, the people that are here will be encouraged this morning, Father. I ask that uh, you would uh, be the one that's speaking, Father God. That would not be my thoughts nor my ways, nor what I believe is right, Father God. But it would be you, the one that's presenting your word to us. I ask that I would just be a mouthpiece of you this morning, Father God, that we would all understand what you want for us. Let us leave here encouraged, Father God, and to see the world in a different light. God, I ask right now that you would just allow us um, to humble ourselves before you, that hearts would be prepared this morning. Speak to us, God. Be our guest of honor today. In Jesus' precious holy name, Amen. You know, like I said at the beginning, um, it's it's ye are. It's a very very profound statement. Just those two words, ye are. That 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 is what defines you as a Christian. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. But it, it's almost like sometimes when when we. Um, uh, Sometimes as a Christian, I tell you even from, from personal experience, sometimes you want to hide and not be a Christian sometimes. And I'll say that because I've grown up in being a Christian. And as, as a teen, sometimes it's even hard in order to be the different one than everybody else. But you can't just turn on and turn off Christianity or being the salt or being the light of the world. There's always going to be something that separates you from everybody else. And that is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Yeah. Now, I want you to understand that today, that as a Christian, we have to understand what we are. Because I believe that we try to define ourselves something other than what we really are. <clears throat> I think even in COVID, my pastor and I have talked about this. Even in COVID, uh, uh, during, during when the pandemic was really hard and the mandates come through. And uh, it's kind of like people were going up, and and I understand that there was a lot of issues when it came down to masks and things like that, and people were like, well, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. Well, before you're an American citizen, you're a child of Christ, okay, that's number one, and you have a testimony to withhold, and there's certain things along that line. So there was a lot of things that pastors were up against. Okay, you have to understand that they had to understand what they were defined as in their community and before God, before they were defined as a Christian American. Okay, They're a Christian before they're American. Okay, So that's why when all this was coming down on them, that's why no pastor had the right answers at the right moments Because they still had to identify what was going on. But I, unfortunately, I saw so many pastors getting crucified left and right. Because, Pastor, you should be doing this. Well, put yourself in his shoes and understand that you're a Christian before you're American. Okay, so with that being said, we have redefined ourselves sometimes as Christians and it's not always in the right perspective. Now, what the Bible says is that ye are the salt of the earth and ye are the light of the world. But sometimes when when it's not convenient, we don't want to be those things. You know, we, 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 look, <clears throat> we look at uh, how, how this world is going right now, even in the United States, and how politics has taken over. and Sometimes we see even how, how murderers have more rights than the victims themselves. And you see how um, same-sex marriage, and you see um, even, even how uh, almost uh, the, the homosexuality is almost like pushed down our throats. And, and all this different stuff that we are very uncomfortable with as Christians because we know it's not right. But I'm going to tell you something, Christian, is because Christians have compromised throughout the years. Yeah. That's why we have these things now. Right. Every problem that happens, is it, it always starts off small. But the thing is that we don't deal with it when it's small. We want to deal with it when it's big. Okay, an avalanche starts off with just one piece of snow. But everyone wants to stop the avalanche. And that's where we're at right now, Christian, is because we are here now and we're trying to say, I do not like what's going on. Well, Christian, it's probably because we've been compromising throughout the years and we haven't been living like we're actually the salts of the earth or the light of the world. We have been lighting our candles and putting it and saying, yes, I'm a Christian when it's convenient, when I'm around other Christians, but when I'm actually pressed up against the wall, I'll hide it under a bushel. It goes against my American rights and I hide it against the bushel. I want us to understand this morning that you have a responsibility as a Christian. And that is to give savor, to have flavor to this world, to this earth. Because you have the right answers. It's in this book. Amen. You are the light of the earth, which means that you're supposed to give testimony to who lives inside of you. Amen. Now the question is, are we doing that? I have a fancy quote that I wrote. See how that rhymes? How is your saver before your savior? You know, <clears throat> the Bible does say in, in, in the verse 13... It says, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for, what does that say? Nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men, which means if the salt doesn't have any more savor, let me tell you what it is, and I want everybody to see. That means that they throw it out and they walk all over it. I want to ask you right now, Christian, are we, are we being walked all over? Then what's the answer? And it says it right there in that verse. It's because we have lost our savor. But that's an, in, an individual decision. That decision comes from you, it comes from me. That decision is, what am I doing with my life? And am I reflecting how good God has tasted to me? Remember, the Bible does say, taste and see. Taste and see. Are you tasting the Lord? And that reflects out of you. It shows to the earth. The, the thing is that when, 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 the, when, people, when lost people see you, they should see a difference in you. Amen. They shouldn't see somebody that they can just completely relate with in just the aspect of, oh, you, you know, they do the same things I do. They, they, they drink the same way I do. They talk the same way I do. No, there should be a difference, Christian, between you and them. They should be desiring what you have. Amen. Amen. That is the difference that we should have. But if we have lost that, then they walk all over us. And what is it good for? Nothing. Christian, we have to go back and we have to look at where we're at and reevaluate where we are as Christians. We have compromised throughout the years. We do not walk in a discipleship way, manner. And this is not just for you. This is for me too. Remember, the preacher between the preacher and the person sitting in the pulpit and uh, sitting sitting in the pew is the difference is that the preacher knows what's going on and he's saying it publicly. The person in the pulpit knows what's going on but they don't want to say it. Okay I, I, you have to understand we both have the same Bible. We both understand what God wants for us, but one's saying it out verbally publicly which holds me accountable holds me accountable to you. Now what I'm trying to say this morning, is that Christians, we need to get refocused. We need to understand that we are not doing our job the right way. Now, the salt is there for flavor, and we see that in verse 13. You know, food, food with, with, without salt is <clears throat> nasty. It, it really is. And salt adds flavor to everything. Okay, I'm going to tell you, salt without food, a food without salt is like licking cardboard. And I can say that because I've done that. Okay, I've I've got dared into licking cardboard. And it tastes nasty. Your your tongue's dry. It just is nasty. Okay, now, <coughs> all right, I'm gonna say it. All right, here we go. Uh, we had we had a lady in our church, and she's she's single, and uh, she invited uh, she invited her two brothers over. Her two brothers are married. She invited them over to her her parents' house. Her parents were out on. on uh, out, I don't know where they were, but they weren't there. And I was with one of their one of her brothers, and we went over to to their parents' house, and we were just eating. And she cooked for us, and uh, it was I was super excited because I'm like, she said that she's going to be making consomme. So basically, what it is is rice, uh, 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 potatoes, and carrots in a chicken broth, and it's really really good, um, especially when it's done right. It's really really good. It's almost like a chicken soup, but it's a little bit lighter than a chicken soup, uh, and so. Uh, we go over and we walk in, and she's cooking, and it smells amazing, and, and she serves it for us, and it looks very appealing. But I took I took the first scoop out of it, and I ate it. And I'm sorry, it didn't have any salt. I've never spit anything out that quick in my life, <laughs> but it didn't have any salt. It tasted like pure water, but it looked amazing. But it, it, it's a, it's appealing to the eye, but it it has no flavor. Now it has skewed my, my the way I look at the way she cooks because she didn't add any salt into it. Now I didn't know you could mess that up that bad, <laughs> but you can. You can if you don't add salt. But salt means a lot, right? But uh, salt is there to not just to say, hey, you know, you know, look at the salt, you know, taste the salt. Salt is there to accent. The other flavors inside of the soup. I mean, it, it's it's all the other spices that are in there too. But without salt, what is it? I mean, pepper without salt, salt without pepper. It, it you know, it kind of go hand in hand. Imagine having all your different spices into uh, into a really good dish, but you don't add salt. That dish is nasty. That salt is so important in that dish. That means that. Even going back to taking that logic back to Christian, you're so important in this world. You bring a balance to this world. You bring a balance to what is right, what is good, what is flavorful about this world. But the thing is, is that we have not been using our flavor for the right reason. And then I want to make a point about this too, is how many of you have grabbed in a handful of salt and eaten or licked it? salt by itself is not good either. So at the same point, at the other end of the perspective, salt by itself and clumped up altogether is not good either. Christians, with that analogy, are we all clumped up and stuck together as the salt of the earth and we do not get out of our realm? Even when you go back and you look at the light, The light of the world. Okay? Even too much light altogether in one is blinding. That's why if you look even here, every light has its different spacing. That means they're supposed to be separated and illuminating. The light is there for a reason. The light is there to shine. The light is... It, 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 it's, it's there to illuminate a path. Now, a room without light is very confusing. How many of you have woken up in the middle of the night and tried to go to the bathroom and you stub your foot on some type of something or other, whether, whether it be Legos, you can step on some Legos, <laughs> as is my case, um, or you can, or you can you know, stub your foot on the bed, on the corner of the bed. You need light. Walking through this world without any light is going to be an issue. Can you imagine if if the sun was gone? These these are things that, that, that we don't think about as Christians when we're reading through these verses. It's very easy to read through a verse, but actually break it down and read. What God wants to tell you is you are the light of the world. You're there to Push away the confusion of the darkness. You're supposed to push away the darkness of this world. You're there to illuminate. You're there to guide. That's what light is for. But what what, what good is a light that, that is in a closet and nobody opens up that closet door? It's not worth anything, right? If nobody's gonna go in that door into that closet, then what's the point of that light? See, we should have a purpose in our life, where we're at in life and how we're illuminating. Amen. We're supposed to be shining for guidance. We're supposed to be shining to push away darkness. We're not supposed to be all clumped together. We're supposed to have our spacing. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for me. The Christian sometimes it's very convenient for us to turn off our light or hide under a bushel or get clumped together. You're supposed to be illuminating this world. You're supposed to be giving savor and flavor to this earth. Now, my question for you is, is your light being seen? Is your salt still does your salt still have flavor? You know, I'm I'm very grateful for my pastor <clears throat> in Mexico. Um as, as I said, I grew up in a single family household. That means you know, my dad was not around. I, I just now started uh having a relationship with my dad as of about four years ago. Um, I, I had only seen him about six times in my life before then. But you know what, while we're in Me- while we were in Mexico I had a pastor, um our main pastor, he was uh he was very centered on what God wanted him to do. His life was all about serving God. He became the pastor of that church. He started the church when he was 18, um, even before he was married. And uh, it, his life always had purpose, and every step that he had, had a purpose in order to serve God. Sometimes, yes, there you know he does make mistakes and things like that, but you could see... The radiance of God in his life, and he just wanted to use his life in order to reach people with the gospel, in order to be able to be a, a, a testimony to to the world that God had done something with him, but also it as an encouragement to his church. And I wanted to be more like him every single time I was around. I wanted to be more like him, and it, you know, thank God that you know, at the age of sixteen, I was able to shadow him from then on out. I I, I I even still look up to him. He's my father figure now. And uh, it, it's pretty crazy because I was able to see that in his life. I was able to see that his life had a purpose and that he was radiant and he was around God and he, was, he wanted to let the world see what God had done through him. That's his light, That's being seen. And I wanted that. I was attracted to that and I wanted to get close to him. And his light was being seen, but his light was also invested into me. And it was taught. He was teaching me, little by little, on, hey, this is how you do this, this is how you talk to a person, if they're going through something, this is how you pray with them, things like that. And I, and I, and I praise God because I was able to see and identify that in somebody else's life, and I wanted that in my life, too. You know... Is your light being seen before men? I want to give you another story, real quick. I have I have a friend that he's uh, <clears throat> he's gone now. He's he's he 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 passed away. But the day he passed away, he he got up from reading his Bible and uh, he he bought and sold cars. Uh, he told his wife he prayed with his wife. He told his wife he was leaving to go. He was actually on his way to go pick me up, um, and uh, we were going to go out and go uh, buy a car and drive it down about an hour away to go drop him off. And uh, he prayed with his wife and left. And as he was leaving, probably about three blocks away from his, his house, um, a taxi read, ran a red light and it hit him. And in Mexico, they really don't wear seatbelts. So his car spun around and he flew out. Uh, and uh, he was bleeding out you know, on, on, in the middle of the highway uh, because it was, it was to get up on the highway. He's bleeding out in front of him on the highway. Um, and uh, a guy saw, uh, you know, the accident. Jumps out of his car, runs over to my friend where he's laying on the ground and just bleeding, his head, you know, busted open. And uh, he goes over and he's like, hey, hey, is there anything I could do for you? He's like, hey, man, I, you're, you're, you're not doing too well. I'm trying to get a hold of you. Who could I call and all this different stuff? And he, my friend gives him his cell phone and just says, you know, Whoever, call, whatever. And then he goes over and he looks at him and he says, he says, sir, he said, if you were to die today, where would you go? <laughs> and this guy that's looking down at my friend is like, you're the one that's dying in front of me and you're asking me if I were to die. He's like, what, what, what's going on? He goes, Jesus wants to save you. He's bleeding out in front of traffic's completely stopped and he's looking at this guy and having an intimate relationship with him on what the, the 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 soul of this man that is not in pain that's not doing that that that's not being affected by all of this my friend is asking him about his if he was saved and he's like I I I don't know he's like Jesus wants to save you you know the ambulance comes and they take him, you know our church finds out about it. Um, and, and lo and behold, you know my friend dies in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Well, this guy shows up at our church. And he comes up and he says, "I have no clue what that guy was talking about, but I want it. Amen. He's like he was dying." And he cared more about me than he did about his own life. Do you think that his light was shining? Do Do you think that he understood the purpose of his life? Even to the last moment of it all. Nobody knows. Nobody could ever find out what happened in the ambulance. But I'm pretty sure in the ambulance that conversation kept on as they're trying to, you know, keep him alive. I'm about 100% sure that he was witnessing to them too. That guy got saved. He joined the church. It was awesome. Awesome. But all from a testimony of somebody that wanted their light to be seen. No. The light is to allow people to see God in you. Now, we, sometimes we, we, we dim that out and we, uh, we want to show ourselves and how we want to react and how we want to be, you know, head honcho and how we want to take control of the situations. But, Christian, we have to understand you don't represent yourself anymore. You're dead. You're dead in sacrifices and sins. You are dead. You know, not, not sacrifices. sacrifice, it says, but you're, you're a living sacrifice. You, you are supposed to be dead to self. You're supposed to be the person that says, "God, I want you to be seen through me." You have to understand, Christian. We 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 focus ourselves. We focus on ourselves way too much. You know, <clears throat> they will get to know God. People, lost people, will get to know God by looking at you, by seeing you, by studying you. You have to understand. You're always being watched. If somebody knows that you're a Christian, in fact, if somebody knows that you leave every Sunday morning to come to church, they're watching you. Yeah. Yes, we're going to slip up every once in a while. Yes, we're going to have bad days. Yes, we're going to get mad. If the lawnmower's not working, guess what? I'm going to get mad because I don't want to be cutting it with some scissors you know, on my hands and knees. Yeah. But there's, there's certain things that we have to watch out on how we're living. Yeah, My, my, my sister-in-law passed away when she was five years old. And a uh, very tragic accident. She she was playing dress-up, got on top of a, a sink and to see herself, and the sink broke, and it fell, and it cut her jugular longwise. Um, she bled out in my wife's arms. My wife was 16 when this happened. But the reaction that my mother-in-law had was indescribable. You know, I, I, if it was me, I'm sorry. I would say I'm probably not as spiritual as, as probably most of you, and I probably wouldn't have a rough time probably containing myself and trying to understand why God would do that. I understand he has his purpose and plan. But either way, that was my child. And yes, I have to give give them to the Lord. But my mother-in-law, the statement that that she has said several times is that when somebody asks her, Madi, how were you able to deal with that? And her answer has always been, she was never mine to begin with. You know, we've already had that go through our, our family and um, we understand that if God wants to take our children, He can. He understands. He's sovereign. He understands what He wants to do. But still as a human, I mean, that's, that's your heart rip, being ripped out. Okay, That's that's a part of you that has completely gone. Would you be able to say that? But I want to tell you something. There's so many people that have gotten saved because of my mother-in-law's reaction. There's so many people that have been a- that she's been able to lead to the Lord, because they have seen how she has responded throughout the years, and allowing God to guide her and allow her to be radiant with the light. She's tasted good to people. She's, a- she's her savor is there. She's having an impact on people's lives. Now Christians, <clears throat> we're getting ready to close. But we look at how the world is. We see the druggies. We see, we see the, 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 the single parents, that, that you know, teenage girls that are getting pregnant. And we see the superficial things that are going on. And we are the first ones to jump out and judge them and to be, you know what, you're wrong. And you need to get right and do this and that. Yes. But how about you go over there and lend a hand with them? And say, hey, you know what? God loves you. God wants to be there with you. Give Him a taste of what part of the salt you have. And say, hey, here, let me show you how good God is. Because He's been good to me. I messed up so many times in my life too. Let me me be radiant and show you what God has done for me. We're all on the same mission. that mission is to... Be a light unto this world, and to be the salt unto this earth. Now, with that being said, Christian, how was your savior before your savior? How are you illuminating before this world? That's my mission. That's the difference. Is I'm going down to Mexico in order to illuminate, to take the gospel to them. Christian, what are you doing here locally? Get involved in local missions. Get involved in world missions. Pray. That's the biggest thing I need right now: is prayer. I need the biggest thing of prayer. Are you, yeah, we're on the we're on the highway a bunch right now on deputation. Who knows? Somebody falling asleep like that, you know, for a second, could mean my life or it could mean my wife's life. It could mean anything. I just need prayer and God's guidance. Are you giving? Are you helping? other people to stay on the field in order to illuminate, to be the salt of the earth in that country. Are you giving? But here's the other part. Are you going in order to illuminate your light and to be a saver for your Savior in your local area? With every head bowed, every eye closed. Preacher.